He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? 
kindness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. The Lord is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near.
yourself up sometime. This is our vacation home, right here in the sanctuary. Jesus refreshes his body in this house. Oh, we worship you. We choose today to worship you, Lord. However you worship, you just worship him this morning. I can't worship him for you, but you can worship him for yourself. Lord, receive our worship from this place. Oh, receive our worship from this place. Oh, we say to worship you.
as we worship Him. It's just what happens because He loves us so much that He can't help but give back to us. So as we're in an attitude of worshiping Him, we're open. We're open to receive from His presence today. Oh, we worship You, Lord. Lord Father, I just pray that as we worship You, You will cleanse. You will cleanse the souls of people. Where the enemy tried to plant hurt and pain and harm this week, we just speak a cleansing by your love, your perfect love, and cast out fear. And so, Father, I just thank you today that as we worship you in this place, your love is present. Your love is available. Your love is high, it's deep, it's wide. It's all around us, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, 
Say this. Say, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Knows what he's doing. Knows what he's doing. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Well, if you can, just have your seats. Thank you, Jesus. And you can continue to rejoice. You know, rejoicing and gladness and laughter and exalting, those are all scriptural terms. Well, I just don't feel like laughing. Well, that's the problem. You're going by your feelings. Thank you, Jesus. You know, to go further, like the word, what did he say? we got to go further. He's clearing the way. Yes. Your soul needs to play catch up. Yes. This this is what I keep getting. The, the devil plans things in your soul. Weighs you down. You're thinking about it all the time. Your people pleasing is in your soul. It's not in your spirit. Your spirit has been renewed. Your people pleasing is in the soul realm. That's where familiar spirits show up and want you to do stuff. Yes. So you got to cleanse your soul. His love, perfect love, cast out fear. Put his love in your soul. Literally say, Father, I want your love in my soul. He says that he is the lover of our soul. He is the lover. He has to be the biggest lover you have in there. So that he can make you feel right. Like yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your breakthrough. That we can go further. All of us, no matter what level we are, there's more. So the way we get to more is to fix ourselves. Like he said, prepare yourselves. It's in the soul realm. you got to fix the soul. Yes. What is your capped income you've put there? How did you decide that you're on a fixed income? Who told you that? Your soul has been taught that from childhood. Who told you that? Who told you this is your lot in life? Your soul has a message in there that keeps repeating in your ear. Stop. You shouldn't do that. This isn't right. If your spirit had a, an opportunity to really rule you, oh my. You have no idea. <laughs> who put instructions in your life and your soul? Find out whose voice you keep hearing. If it's not the Holy Ghost, get it out of there. Amen. Pull, pull up Third John two. Third John two. We got to get ourselves ready. Everybody is at a different level. Everybody needs to go higher. Whatever level you are, higher is the name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Beloved. Who, who, who's here is God's beloved? I am. Amen. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be helped just as your what? Soul. Hallelujah. Prosper in your soul if you want to prosper in your life. Yes. You have to have a vibrant, beating soul. It's got to vibrate with life. When people get around you, they should feel better. They should just, just because they said hi, you open your mouth and say hello. You talk on the phone and they feel better because your soul has the right stuff in it. How, how many has heard of an EMP, an electromagnetic pulse? We're an HG, a Holy Ghost magnetic pulse. Amen. Amen. 
The Holy Spirit wants to move over the earth. He needs us to open our mouths and make the sounds that He wants people to hear. And you got to get it in your soul. Your spirit, we grow, I mean, we're getting fed every week. The spirit got stuff in there. The soul is deciding the uh, size of your download. No! You got to open the valves. Get rid of all those barriers and who said this is how you do it and whatever. <laughs> People should be uncomfortable with your freedom. Not uncomfortable with your bondage or your limits. They should be uncomfortable with your freedom because they don't know how you're going to behave next because you're so free. Amen. You ever watch a child? Yes. You ever watch a child in church when pastor's preaching those babies, how they just go on? Yeah. When, yeah, when did the adults learn how to shut up and be quiet? <laughs> our, our faith should be childlike. Yes. We should be open and free. And when we come in here, it's a vacation from the enemy. Don't bring his limits in here with you. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Let's exercise our authority and yes. speak the word. Let's make our confession. We worship, we worship an awesome, awesome God. The great and amazing God is among us. Our God reigns supreme. He is the God of gods and the Lord of lords. God is great, mighty, and awesome. Our God stands alone. He is the one and only rock of our salvation. Our chief cornerstone and firm foundation. We are safe and secure in Him. Our God is the Lord of kings and the revealer of secrets. He shows us things that are hidden. God is our Father. Jesus is our Lord. And His Holy Spirit is our partner working in us. And in Him we live, move, and have our being. We are redeemed by God, whose great and awesome things. God strengthens and empowers us, and we bless his holy name. All things are under his feet, and Jesus is the head of all things to the church. God our Savior alone is wise. To him be glory, majesty, dominion, and power now and forever. Amen. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance. To proclaim the uncompromising word of God. To build a strong body of believers and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's word to go in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Your soul needs to be set to God's experiences. The benefits of God's experiences comes through. It should show up in your soul. Gosh, that's so big today. I don't know who's been planting dirty stuff in your soul, but you need to get rid of it. It can come through all kinds of places. It can come through old lies 
It can come through channels that you watch, things you see. It can come through just what you hear people going through. And you're hoping it doesn't happen to you. That's all mess that needs to stay out of your soul. Amen. When you hear something, don't declare God's protection because you're afraid it'll happen to you. Declare, declare God's protection because you have authority to do it. Amen. That you're not afraid, so you better do it. That's what Job did. Look what happened to him. He was afraid and he started making sacrifices afraid. Look what happened. Don't do stuff because you're afraid. Do it because you have authority to do it. When we confess Psalm 91 over our homes and our lives with what the world has going on, we're not doing it out of fear. We're doing it out of authority. Amen. All right. I'm not preaching today. Well, if you were, it was an awesome sermon. Hallelujah. This Tuesday... At 6.30 p.m., our Air Force is going to meet right here. And then uh, Wednesday night, we're going to have a new time. Everybody say, a new time. Wednesday night refreshing is going to start at 6.30 p.m. Now, if you've never been to a Wednesday night refreshing service, why? (laughs) It's different, it's wonderful, and you should get in on it. And then um, we're having a, a Rhema fundraiser a ham or spaghetti a dinner to go. Uh, if you want more details, you can see Sean or Kelsey. And uh, there's a sign-up sheet uh, in the booth. And also, along with this fundraiser, we're going to have an ongoing uh, offering until uh, July, right? Um, and if you would like to sew in to a future Rama student, we're sending two students... Uh, Rama is where I went, and so you can see the results. And uh, if you would like to do that, it's going to be going on, so you don't have to do it today. But uh, if you want to sow into uh, Rama, just mark Rama, and you can put it in your offering, and then we'll uh, save that money for them, and we'll add to it when it's time. Amen? Because you know why? We're in the business of blessing people. Amen? Especially our own body. And uh, because we love one another. Amen? Amen. So you can get your uh, food. That's going to help them. But also, if you want to give a a special offering for that, you can. We also have uh, opportunities for you to serve in our sound team, in our uh, audio video. Uh, That's a great uh, opportunity. Um, So I'd encourage you to pray about it. Ask the Lord. You say, well, I don't know how to do that. You can learn. Amen? Amen. And, uh, you know, we're not stuck by what we don't know, because we can learn. And then, finally, we're going to have an incredible dynamic women's conference this year, April 16th and 17th. And our special guest is going to be Robin Bullock. If you haven't heard of Robin Bullock, um, he, uh, he has, go look up Robin D. Bullock on YouTube. And, I mean, his stuff is incredible. I've listened to it. And he's going to be here as our guest for the women's conference with his uh, team, yes. And uh, if you want to go, you can just give a donation. Let me just say, so uh, (laughs) apparently I'm the one speaking today. Uh, I just want to give you a heads up. We have already been receiving a lot of people registering 
that aren't part of our church because they heard that Robin Bullock is coming. So if you would like to come, I highly recommend that you go to our website uh, where it says the Women's Conference. Way down at the bottom is a donate button. That's the way to register. If you would rather do check or whatever, just go through anyway and do it because you don't have to put a donation in. You know, you can just bring a check in. Or talk to Miss Lisa so she can put your name down and how many people are coming with you. Friday night and Saturday, the women only. It's a women's conference. You know, we have to keep that personally. Yeah. But we have a way for the men to serve because we don't think Teen Challenge will yet be. We don't know when Teen Challenge will come, if they're allowed to come out or whatever. But... Um, we would like to have some help from the men, so here's your opportunity, guys. And, <laughs> um, and also, um, Sunday morning, they will also be here at the service. So uh, Robin is coming with his team. There's five of them coming, which means they will also be doing the worship because pop, the way he prophesies is also through music. So we're not even going to bother. Like, why? What's the point? So we'll just give them the whole time and let them do their thing. We need that voice in this region of America. <laughs> and so we're bringing them. Amen? And you do your part. Whatever you're able to contribute to this, do it. That's why we didn't put a price on the ticket. Because we know some people would like to come, but if we put a certain price, they can't. And we know some people can really probably fund the whole thing. Feel free to do it. Hey. We want to bless them because we want to be a blessing to them and give them an amazing offering for five of them leaving everything and coming to us. Amen. And so we already have an incredible place for them to stay and we're going to work all those details out. But I just want to tell you to uh, sign up if you want to come. Amen. Well, you know, I just want to encourage you um, in your giving this morning and you guys are great givers. But giving is a celebration of God's goodness. And in Deuteronomy 26, verses 10 and 11, Deuteronomy 26, 10 and 11, it says, And now behold, I bring the first fruit of the ground which you, O Lord, have given me. Notice he's celebrating what God's given him. And you shall set it down before the Lord, your God, and worship before the Lord. Giving is also an act of worship. And you and the Levite and the stranger and the sojourner among you, you shall rejoice in all the good which the Lord your God has given you and your household. So we're going to rejoice in our giving today. Amen. As always, here at VCF, you can give anytime during the service. Our seed planter is in the back over there. If you're watching us online, uh, thank you for watching us and tuning in. You can also give. Through our website, there's all kinds of ways. Amen. And Father, I just thank you for every seed planted in your ministry and in your house and in your work. And Lord, you multiply it back to the sower. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. You cause men to give into their bosom and they, let, they never lack any good thing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Do we have some awesome kids' life teachers? I want you to... Stand up and get ready. And we got some awesome kids, amen, who are ready to hear the word. So kids, have a great class. Be blessed. Enjoy yourself in the presence of God. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We live in a digital age, don't we? This morning, 
I want to take you on a journey. And we have a place that we're going to go, and that's God's throne. I want to talk to you about the protocol of approaching God's throne. Being able to come before God's throne is available to every believer in Christ Jesus. Alright? It is a privilege that the Lord has given us, and all of us has an open invitation to come into the most holy place in the universe, where the Creator sits, and uh, He has given us an open entrance to enter His holy throne room. And to have a conversation with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And His door is always open to you. Amen? And uh, how you respond to His invitation is important to Him. Amen? You must allow, we have to follow God's protocol. I mean, think about it. The airlines have protocol. If you've ever flown, you've got to go through a series of checks and security. Right? You've got to go through x-ray machines. They look at your bags. They look at your ticket. They look at your identification. It's protocol. What is the protocol? It's a process of... Um, Getting into a place and where you need to be. It's the official procedure of governing affairs or diplomatic occasions. I mean, if any of us wanted to go to the White House, we couldn't just say, hey, Mr. President, how you doing? I just wanted to come and visit and have lunch. No, uh, you might get in trouble. And you wouldn't just wear anything, would you? To the White House. You know, gonna wear my shorts and my tank top. Um, no, there's a protocol. There's a way, a method, a process by getting into that place. Amen? Well, you know, God has a protocol also. He has a protocol to get into His presence. Alright? And uh, God's throne is the source of his understanding, authority, dominion, majesty, and power. It is the ultimate place in the universe where decisions are made. And every believer has access into that place. You have, you've been given a passcode. Everybody knows that passcode. It's J-E-S-U-S. The devil can't hack it. The devil has no entrance into that place. He can't, he's actually been kicked out of that place. Never to enter in again. Amen? And, uh, hallelujah. I want you to go with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 4. Hebrews, chapter 4. In this chapter, it contains the protocol of approaching God's presence. 
And if you want to look at the last verse, verse uh, 16, Hebrews 4, 16, notice it says, let us therefore, look at your neighbor and say, come on, let's go. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. How many need mercy? If you don't know that you need mercy, we all do. That's why God made his mercy new every morning. How many need grace? Can't get saved without it. And it's at the throne room. Where you find mercy, where you obtain mercy and find grace. You know, part of the throne is called the mercy seat. It's where Jesus supplied the blood. It's a mercy seat where the Lord sits, continuing distributing mercy and grace when you need it. What if I need grace at midnight? It's available. What if I need grace at 6 a.m.? It's available. But we have to come before the throne. Every believer in Christ Jesus has been given access to this throne. And here's the thing. You can approach this throne anytime, anyplace, anywhere. You could be washing dishes and go before the throne. You could be mowing the, or better yet, you could be shoveling the snow and go before the throne. Why? It's a real place, but it's a spiritual place. And you can come before the throne anytime, any place, anywhere. Amen? The word for throne is the word thronos. And it means a throne, a seat, a power, a dominion, a potentate. How many know that God is a great potentate? I love that word. It's a seat. And we know who is seated on that throne. It is Jesus. He is sitting at the right hand of God right now. And he is there praying for us. He's interceding. And the throne is not a dead place. It's an active, vibrant, brilliant place. There's all kinds of activity, all kinds of noise, all kinds of things happening simultaneously at the throne. It's the center of the universe. It's the most important place. Amen? And... uh, Aren't you glad that the Bible says it's a throne of grace, not just a throne of justice? Yes. Now, God, God's throne sits on justice and righteousness. Yes. But when we approach it, it's a throne of grace. Amen? It's where God, God bestows His favor and His goodness and His love and His kindness on us. You know, we, we really don't understand how important grace is, but that's a no, whole other message. Amen? It's where we find our strength, our help, our counsel, our direction, our support, 
for the various duties of life. It's where we receive pardon from sin. It's where the course of life is is laid out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So God's throne, it's the holiest place. Hebrews 10.19 talks about entering into the holiest. Let me say the holiest. So when something is so holy and so pure, there are ways that we can approach it. Amen? And uh, God's throne is the habitation of justice and judgment. At the end of when Jesus, when this age is over, there is going to be a throne that God is going to judge. Jesus is going to judge the world, the white throne judgment. Right? Where we're going to, we're going to stand before that white throne and we're going to uh, be judged by our works that we did. Whether or not we uh, did what God said or didn't do what he said. And uh, God's throne is heaven's boardroom, where you have a, a seat reserved for you. Ephesians 1.20. Go to Ephesians 1.20. Say, I have a seat at the table. Oh, this is a shouting verse. Caution may cause shouting and rejoicing. You mean I can shout in church? Oh yeah, they shout in heaven. I mean, if you can shout at a game, you can shout in church. Ephesians 1.20 Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him At his own right hand in the heavenly places. You've been seated with Christ in heavenly places. Why? Because you're a joint heir with him. If he's sitting there, you're sitting there. He made a seat for you. He is a carpenter. Amen? So, it's before the throne... That important decisions are made. It's before the throne that mercy is obtained, grace is found, and forgiveness is dispensed and received. It's at the throne where transformation occurs. Don't think that you will remain the same one second after you've been in the throne room. If you haven't come out changed, you went, you went to the wrong place. The throne room is a place of direction, guidance, and divine advice that's given and received. The throne room is a place where your carnal nature and its desires are deceased. It's where revelations are imparted and revealed. It's at the throne where protection is provided from the enemy because it's God's secret place. The enemy has no entrance, access, or place in the throne room. 
He doesn't even know how to get there. Wow, when you've been stripped of your anointing, you lose everything. It's at the throne where problems get solved. You are lifted, corrected, encouraged to progress. Well, I don't ever need correction. Yes, you do. You've just told me that you did. God loves those whom God corrects whom he loves. Just like a loving father is going to correct a child going in the wrong direction or going into danger. God does not want you in danger. He wants you delivered and free. It's at the throne room where your humanity meets divinity. And it's at the throne room where plans are laid out and clarified. Amen? So, how do we approach this throne? Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Hebrews 4, verse 1. This whole chapter is going to give us keys on how to approach God's presence. It's the, it's the divine protocol. Okay? Number one, you have to do it by faith. Hebrews 4, 1. Let us therefore fear lest the, a promise being left of us of entering into his rest. You know, his rest is his presence. His presence is his throne room. Any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. In them that heard it. If you're going to go to the throne room, you've got to go by faith. You've got to go believing in what Jesus did. Believing in what Jesus said. You can't get into the throne room apart from Jesus. He paved the way. He opened the door. He's the doorkeeper. Right? So you've got to enter his throne. You've got to approach his throne by faith. Amen? Look at verses 6 and 7. Seeing therefore it remains that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not because of what? See, unbelief disqualifies you from entering in. Verse 7. Again, he limits a certain day, saying in David, today, after so long a time, as it is said today, if you will hear his voice and harden not his heart, harden not your heart, amen? So, you approach God through his voice and through his will. It is God's will for you to come before the throne. If it wasn't his will, he wouldn't have wrote it. Because his word is his will. Say that, his word is his will. God does everything by His Word. Okay? Alright? Go down to verse 11. The second thing that you need to enter in to God's presence is you need some diligence. You've got to do your due diligence. 
Right? Verse 11. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fail after the same example of unbelief. That word labor means diligence. What does it mean to be diligent? It means to move speedily by showing full diligence, by applying yourself, right? By acting fervently. Uh, it means commitment. It means to accomplish all that God assigns through faith. How many did you know that you have some elbow grease? How many ever heard the term, you got to use some elbow grease, Right? When you got a stain that you're trying to get out, you got to use some elbow grease. When you got a nut that you're trying to turn, you got to use some elbow grease. Right? That's diligence. You know, the Bible says to show yourself approved to God by studying. Everybody say, I must be a student of the Word. Okay? You're never going to lead a successful Christian life apart from the Word, so you might as well get used to getting into the Word. Because if you come to BCF, you're going to hear the Word. Because I love the Word. So you've got to be diligent to present yourself approved unto God. Everybody say approved unto God. Notice, not approved unto man. God's standard is His Word. It doesn't matter how you line up with anybody else. What matters is how do you line up with Jesus. That's the only thing that matters in life. So, and actually, it's actually a sin to compare yourself with someone else. Because no one else is your standard other than Jesus. That just set some people free right there. All right, verse 12. How are we going to approach the throne? His protocol. Verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and of marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. If you want to go before God's throne, you've got to do it according to the word. God is looking for some people who will be doers of His Word. God gave us His Word. His Word is Jesus. It's the greatest gift. Amen? So you've got to come by His Word. The Word is the foundation of God's kingdom that's established. You've got to be established in the Word of God. You have to have a daily intake of the Word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You've got to take in the Word. Turn off the news and turn on the Bible. You should be reading the Bible every day. Why? It's your daily bread. You know, you can't just put the Bible on your head and expect it to get in your heart. What you doing? I'm getting the word through osmosis. Doesn't work that way. 
You actually have to open the book and you have to read. You have to meditate. You have to mutter it, repeat it. You know, you have to do it. You've you got to get in this thing so it gets in you. Because it's, it's the sharpest instrument. The Word of God can only, it, it's the Word of God that discerns between right and wrong, good and evil. Amen? So if you're going to come before God's throne, you've got to do it according to the Word. By His Word. It's the standard and instruction from the King concerning you. The Word is the King's words. Men who wrote this book, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. This book is God-breathed. Do you realize you're holding God's breath in your hand? Jesus is the author of our faith. What's an author do? An author writes. I know I'm an author. Pastor Fiona's an author. I try to come out with a book every year. I don't try. I've been doing it every year. (laughs) Amen? So this book has to become the most precious thing in your life. And yes, do you realize this book is so precious that once you hear hear it, the enemy immediately comes to try to steal it from you? If it wasn't so valuable... Why would he come and try to steal it? Do you realize that you can stop the enemy in his tracks by this word? By saying it is written and saying what was written? That's exactly how Jesus resisted temptation. It is written. The enemy couldn't do anything else. It is written. It is also written. You've got to know what's also written too. Because once you say it is written, the enemy will use Bible against you. But his, his version is perverted. It's the perverted version. You don't want to turn to the book of imaginations and you don't want to read the perverted version. <laughs> Amen? Alright? So you've got to come by faith. You've got to come according to his voice and God's will. You've got to come with diligence. You've got to come by his word. All right, go to verses 14 and 15. Seeing then that we have what kind of priest? I would say a great high priest. That is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, our confession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Did you know that Jesus was touched with the feelings of your infirmities? No one knows how I feel. Jesus is saying, yeah, I do. I know exactly how you feel. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. But was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. You've got to come before the throne with honor, reverence, and respect. He's not just any high priest. He is the great high priest. He is the preeminent one. He is the chief priest. He is the leader among priests. He is above all others. He is the chief of priests. 
What does a priest do? A priest represents you before heaven. Aren't you glad that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous? What's an advocate? He fights for you. He defends you. He speaks well of you. He's like Perry Mason. (laughs) Perry Mason, if you don't know, was a show in the 50s and 60s. I like to watch old shows. I like their values. They're without junk, you know. And I watch a few of these old shows. I like Perry Mason. He doesn't lose a case. Jesus doesn't lose a case either. All right? But Jesus is our advocate. He, he, when you get in trouble, you know what he does? He presents as evidence his blood before the throne. And that evidence closes the case on your mistake. You cannot come before the throne flippantly or disrespectfully. We can't approach something so holy with negativity. That doesn't mean you can't share your feelings. I mean, you read the book of Psalms, they shared their feelings with God. That's a different thing. God knows how you feel anyway, so you might as well just be honest about it. It's not like you're going to trick God. He can read your heart. But we have got to learn how to reverence, respect, and honor God. And how we come before Him. How we approach Him. It makes all the difference in the world. You know, Queen Esther, she was a queen of Persia. She was an orphan child. Her parents died. Someone who was a distant relative was taking care of her and raising her like his own daughter, Mordecai. I learned this. Mordecai's calling in life was to raise a queen. Because Israel needed a queen to deliver their people from destruction. And she was married to the king. And there was a time when a plot was unveiled of the destruction of the entire Jewish people. In that time, their kingdom spanned from India to Iraq. You think of everything in between. Iraq or Iran, right? All that, that's a lot of area. Anyway, Mordecai told her of the plot. And she said, well, I can't go before the king unless he calls me. What? Protocol? Everybody say protocol. But she was anointed for such a time as that. How many know that when you're anointed, you've got to be willing to take risks? And so, before she approached the king, she fasted before the king of kings. Three days. Right? She encouraged all of her maidens to fast, and Mordecai fasted, and, and, and she put out a call out there, we're going to fast. Why? She got direction from the king. She went to get favor from the king. And she said, if I perish, I perish. 
So she went into the throne room. And if if you go there when you're not called, you will be killed. But the king extended his scepter, which means I give you favor. I grant you permission. Whatever you want is yours. He extended the scepter of favor. And God extends the scepter of favor to us. That's why we got to approach him with reverence, respect, and honor. What is the beginning of wisdom? The fear of God. Not to be afraid of God, but to reverence, respect, and honor Him. The Bible talks a lot about the fear of God. That's what it means. It's probably not the best translation for us because when we think of fear, we think of other things. But the fear of God is to reverence, respect God, His place, His people, and His presence. You know, you could speak to a person as a fool or a king. Abigail understood this in 1 Samuel 25. David was taking care of some sheep and his men were hungry. And Nabal was just shearing his sheep. When they shear sheep, it's a big party. Okay? I was in New Zealand and uh, we never got to go, but they had this place called the Agridome. And in the Agridome, see, New Zealand, they have more sheep than people. I mean, when you, when you travel through New Zealand, you see little white spots on the green rolling hills, right? That's sheep. I mean, New Zealand is sheep country. And when the sheep grow their hair, it's, it's wool, right? They get, it gets real thick. And when it's time to uh, uh, shave the wool, right? They have this big celebration. It's a big party, right? Because... Uh, you're getting from the sheep uh, what they produce. You're getting the wool. And uh, so Nabal was shearing his sheep, right? And David approached to him and said, could you spare some food? And he's like, who's David? I don't even know who this dude is. And yet David protected some of Nabal's men in the field from beasts and, and marauders and different things. I don't know who David is. And, you know, David was tired. And David... Uh, Nabal was speaking to David as a fool. So David was going to strap on his sword and show he was going to get the last laugh because he was going to kill every male person in Nabal's family. Everybody said, don't take off the king. <laughs> and so word got to Abigail, who was Nabal's wife. And actually the Bible calls Nabal a fool. So, um, And she intercepted David. Before he was about to kill every man, she saved her family. And she spoke to him as a king. She bowed before him. She honored him. She respected him. And, she, and then she said, you, the king shouldn't have blood on his hands. You shouldn't do, and guess what? David's anger subsided and she fed them. <laughs> So ladies, if your king is raging, time to feed him. (laughs) She spoke to him like a king. She got different results. Instead of killing all the male of the family, he spared their lives. And then God took care of Nabal. A few days later, he... 
had a bad hangover. And Abigail told him what she did. You know, she didn't ask permission to do what she did. Sometimes you don't need to ask permission. You just need to do. And uh, when he heard about it, he had an aneurysm and died. And once David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Abigail, I'm coming by. I'm going to pick you up. (laughs) He married her. When you speak to him like a king, things are going to work out well for you. How do you treat God's presence? Oh, it's Sunday. I guess I've got to go to church. Keep that attitude at home. That ain't going to do you any good in God's presence. You know, church is not an obligation. It's a love relationship. I'm here because I love God. I'm not here just because I'm the pastor. I'm here because I love God. And I show up every week. And I, I prepare my heart out. I preach my heart out. And why? Because I love God. I want to show. I always ask God, you know, what, what do you want to say? I mean, he, he knows who's going to be here. He knows what you need more than I do. So I'm in partnership with him. I couldn't do this on my own. Are you kidding me? But how we reverence the great high priest. That's going to make all the difference in the world in how you receive Amen? So you've got to approach the throne with honor and respect and reverence. Go to verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. That word boldly means with freedom, with openness, with confidence. Amen? What are you confident in? I'm confident in what Jesus has done for me. I'm confident in the cross. I'm confident in the resurrection. I'm confident in the Son of God. That's why I can come before the throne. You've got to come with boldness. You've got to get your boldness on. Amen? Christians are not wimps. Why? We got our spinach. It's a little line from Popeye. Popeye's nemesis was called Bluto. And Bluto was much bigger than Popeye. But when Popeye ate his spinach, he whooped Bluto's little behind. Amen? So this is our spinach. Okay? Boldness is freedom in speaking, unreserved speech. You can be frank, open, and honest. Amen? When you're having a bad day, you can say, God, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me? He said, sure. He said, come, let's let's reason together. Let's talk it out. All right? Have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him about your troubles, right? Don't just always talk about your troubles. Tell them about some good things too. So with boldness, go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. See, 
When you're bold, people will see and hear you. Ephesians 2.18 It says, For through Him, we both have access. Everybody say, I have access. By one Spirit unto the Father. You, you, he, you have been given a backstage pass forever. It gives you access into the very presence of God. The throne of grace. Alright? Go to Ephesians chapter 3. Starting with verse 8. It says, Unto me who am less than the least of all saints. Did you know that access is granted to the least of all saints? Did you know that you are all saints? You don't become a saint when you die. You become a saint when you accept Christ. God has dubbed us all saints. Amen? We are saints in the household of God. In the family of God. You're part of the household of faith. Alright? That I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Unsearchable riches, that means you're never going to run out of sermon material. I can preach unsearchable riches. That means i got ammo until I go home. I'm never going to run out of ammo. Why? I got my clip. It's a mega clip. Amen? Verse 9. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery... From the beginning of the world, which has, has been hidden in God. You know, how are you going to find out what's hidden in God? He'll tell you at the throne. He'll reveal to you things that are hidden, that you didn't know, that you didn't see. That, you know, he'll show you things at the throne. Verse 10, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known, might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. According to the eternal purpose... What kind of purpose? Eternal. He purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have what? Boldness and what? Access with confidence by faith of Him. See, I have boldness. I have access with confidence by faith. Isn't that awesome? We have boldness. You just got to exercise boldness. Peter and John in Acts 3, they exercised boldness. They encountered a man who was lame, sitting at the gate beautiful, and Peter said, look at me. And so the man did. And the man was expecting to get some money, but Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give you. Took him by the hand, rise up and walk. The man walked. Amen? And the people saw their boldness. See, boldness is to speak out loud about Christ. To not be ashamed of the gospel. To stand up for what's right. Amen? To be bold. Boldness is sometimes loud. Boldness is strong. Amen? Did you know that you have a story to tell? You have something to say? 
I don't know if I should. Be bold. Say it. What if I'm wrong? So what? Get out of the fear mode. You are fearless. If you've got any fear in you, perfect love will deal with it all. It casts out fear. Amen? So we have boldness and access with confidence through faith. That's how we approach the throne. Alright? Go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. Another way to approach the throne is through prayer. You approach the throne through prayer. Prayer is conversation and communication with God. It's a shared dialogue. Right? Ephesians 1.15 Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know the hope of His calling, what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness power to usward who believe. And by the way, this is a prayer that you could pray for yourself. According to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ Jesus, when he, which He wrought in Christ, when He raised Him from the dead and set Him where? At His own right hand, where? That's the throne. Paul is making this request before the throne of grace. Did Paul have to do something special to get before the throne? No. You can close your eyes and you can start praying Jesus and you, you'll, you'll be taken into the throne room. And you know what? God will say, the Holy Ghost will say, he's waiting for you. He's ready for you. You never, he doesn't have a waiting room. You have instant access into God's presence. The moment you begin to pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, you're taken in into that place. See, in the Old Testament, there was a type and a shadow of God's presence. It was called the tabernacle. It was a tent. Had several layers. It was weatherproof. In the outside of the tent, there was the outer court. It had cloth all around it. It was, it was kind of a, it was a fenced in place, although the cloth was move, the fence was movable. Right? And before you got into the inner court, you had to go to the brazen altar. You had to make a sacrifice to God. And then, after the sacrifice, you had to go to a bowl, which was called the labor. You had to be washed in the water of the Word. And then you entered into the inner court, and there was a table there. On that table, there was showbread. There was a lamp, and there was incense. Incense is like our prayers. The lamp is the light of the Word, and the bread is the bread of life. That's the inner court. But then... Only one person could go into the Holy of Holies. That was the high priest. He could only go in there once a year. And they had to tie a rope and bells to him. Because if he stopped moving, he was probably dead. And they had to pull him out. 
But inside the inner court, you had the Ark of the Covenant. And you had the mercy seat. And the closer you got to the presence of God, the more valuable things were. Outside was bronze, inside was pure gold. See, the closer you want to get to God, the more it's going to cost you in time, talent. It, it, it's going to be a sacrifice. If you See, God, God's presence isn't cheap. It's not on discount. It doesn't need to be discounted. It's the most valuable thing in the world. And the closer you get to God, the more expensive it is. Amen? And there he would offer the blood of the bull of atonement to cover the sins of Israel for a year. Now Jesus went into that same place once and for all. And he took his blood, the final sacrifice, the sacrifice to end all other sacrifices. I'm so glad we don't got to kill a bull or a cow or a sheep here every week. I mean, can you imagine how many animals they had to kill every time? This offering, that offering, this offering. That, I mean, oh, they had like 10, 15 offerings. But Jesus went into that place. He went into the Holy of Holies. He presented His blood that was shed on the cross to the Father once and for all. Sins paid in full for all mankind. And anybody who wants to can now have a relationship with God. Go to Revelation chapter 8. Revelation chapter 8. Hallelujah. What are we doing? We're talking about the protocol of approaching God's throne. Who can approach God's throne? Who can approach God's throne? Anybody can. Right? Have you been there lately? You should make frequent visits. There's no entry fee. You've been given a lifetime pass to come in. Amen. Revelation chapter 8, verse 3. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense. Everybody say, much incense. That he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. That tells me that prayer gets us before the throne. And you know what? I mentioned this, but it's in Hebrews 7.25. You don't have to turn there. Jesus is ever living to make intercession, which is prayer, for us. So he is sitting on the throne and he is praying for us. He is pulling for us. He is encouraging us. Amen? Aren't you glad we got a champion on the throne who's praying for us? He paved the way. He made the way. He showed us it's possible. And all we have to do is come. Into his presence. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Charles Wesley said this In fellowship alone to God, 
with faith draw near. Approach his courts, besiege his throne with all the power of prayer. Oh, friends, we have a throne that we can call upon. Amen? Go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Look at verse 19. 19 to 23. You have to approach the throne with consecration, righteousness, and purity. Okay? Having therefore, brethren, boldness to what? How how many people have boldness today to enter? If you've got boldness to enter, say amen. Amen. If you've got boldness to enter, say hallelujah. hallelujah. Notice, not trying to get, but having. Isn't that good news? You're not trying to get it, you already have it. Having, therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Blood washes sin. Blood purifies. Blood cleanses. By a new and living way, which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Mm. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. And our bodies washed with pure water, consecration, righteousness, purity. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is what? Faithful who what? Oh, aren't you glad that we got a faithful God? He's faithful to his promise. And we can approach him through consecration, righteousness, and purity. How do we get righteous? He made us righteous. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then finally, go to Revelation. Well, yeah, Revelation 7. Revelation 7. You want to know how important worship is? Worship is a way to get into His presence. When you come in here to worship, you've got to be fully engaged. If you haven't lifted your hands, be willing to lift your hands. I know there was a time in my life when lifting my hands was uncomfortable until I did it. And then it got real comfortable for me. And then I loved doing it. Because it, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a testimony of freedom. When I lift my hands, it's a testimony to God. It's, I'm putting my trust in Him. Amen? I'm surrendering to Him. Amen? Revelation chapter 7. And uh, verse 9. After this... I beheld, and lo, a great multitude. That's a lot of people. Which no, no one, no man could number of all nations, kindreds, people, tongues, 
stood before the throne. We're going to have a throne party in heaven. Amen. You all are invited at the throne party around the, at the party around the throne in heaven. Amen. Y'all aren't too excited about that. Don't you like parties? Huh? We have an invitation to this party. We're going to be joining this party. This is about us. When we get there, the party's not going to be, we're not going to miss the party. Amen. There's no party like a Holy Ghost party. And they cried with a soft, quiet voice. What kind of voice? Loud voice. Saying, it's loud in heaven. Saying, salvation to our God which sits upon the throne. And unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne. We're going to join the angels. The angels are going to be in the party too. And about the elders... And the four beasts, the four living creatures, creatures. Thank God we preach the gospel to every creature. Amen? And they fell before the throne on their faces. And what did they do? They worshipped God at the throne. Worship. In order to get to the throne, you've got to be a worshiper. And you know what? Worship is not just singing. Did you know that you could worship God by living for God? Letting your lifestyle reflect His principles, His fruit, His nature, His goodness, His love. That's another way to worship God. Amen? Worship is singing. Worship is praising. Worship is lifting our hands. But it's also living for God. It's giving to God. It's living for God. It's our whole life being directed towards God. That is an act of worship. Presenting your bodies a living sacrifice is an act of worship. Living holy and pure lives is an act of worship. Being consistent in your Christianity is an act of worship. Being faithful is an act of worship. Notice what they were saying, verse 12. Amen. They say amen in heaven. If they say amen in heaven, we should say amen here. What does it mean to say amen? It means so be it. When you hear a good point based on truth, you're agreeing with it. You say amen. You say so be it. They're saying amen, blessing, glory, wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, Power and might be unto our God forever and ever. This is going to be the longest lasting party you've ever been to. You're not going to want to. You're not going to get tired. You're not going to want to leave. You're going to want to be in that place, praising the Lord with thousands upon thousands of people that can't be numbered, and the angels, and the beasts, and the elders, all worshiping God, worshiping one person, the King who sits on the throne. Glory to God forevermore. That ought to be a good motivation to get saved. That ought to be a good motivation to repent for not doing what God wants you to do. So many people have been bound by the fear that the world 
is propagating. Is what's happening in the world real? Yes. But what do they focus on? They focus on deaths, not the recovery. Do you realize, I've looked at different statistics, 95% recovery rate. Everybody say 95%. But yet, they're focusing, you know, I, I was amazed, no one died by anything else in the last year. They only died by one thing. And listen, you got to do what you got to do, but don't do it out of fear. Check your heart. Say, God, is this something that you want me to do? Who knows better than the world? God knows better. While you're at the throne, worshiping Him, being diligent, Coming by faith, coming with praise and worship and thanksgiving, you can have a talk with him. And guess what? He'll talk with you. Did you know that God is the greatest conversationalist ever? He's the greatest communicator. And he knows exactly how to talk with you. It's not a matter of God talking, but do we know how to listen to him? Are, are we able to turn off the voices that don't represent God and listen to God's voice? Amen? Okay. How many know in Noah's day, was it good or bad? Wickedness was rampant. Everybody was wicked. But one person, the Bible says, found grace with God. Who was that person? Noah. How did he find grace? Where do you find grace at? You go before the throne. Somehow, Noah knew how to get before God's throne. Because the Bible says he found grace. And the Bible says you can find grace at God's throne. Amen? And at the throne, God had a conversation with Noah. He said, Noah, I want you to build a boat. See, at the throne is where plans are laid out and clarified. And what God was asking Noah to do to build a boat for had never occurred before. Did you know it never rained up until the time of Noah? It had not rained. You read your Bible. Don't have time to go there. Right? So God gave him the instructions, the dimensions, the material to build a boat that would save humanity. Yes, he saved his family, but in doing so, he saved humanity. How many people were on that boat? Eight. That's the, that's the lowest love boat attendance ever. What's the love boat? It was the TV show back in the uh, 80s with Captain Steubing, right? See, um, you're getting a little bit of my era that I grew up in. How can you do something so great 
and so incredible as to build a boat, you can do it when you, you have a conversation at the throne. That's what Noah did. And the plans were made, and so he built that boat 450 feet long. Two football fields. You're looking at a wooden boat probably a little bit shorter than an aircraft carrier. Eight people built it. That's why it took a hundred years. You think a wicked person is going to build something for God? He didn't have any other help. He had his family helping him. See, let me tell you something. If you're a family leader, you better get, you better get used to going before God's throne. Because it's going to make the difference whether or not your family is saved or not. Noah saved his family because he went to the throne of God. And, and that boat withstood the greatest storm ever. Didn't even spring a leak. You know how long they were on that boat? A little over a year. With animals. They were on a floating zoo. I bet that smelled really wonderful. When you got two of every animal on there, now, this is my, my opinion, but I don't think the lions on Noah's boat were carnivores for a year. How are you going to have, I mean, if lions don't get meat for a year, you're going to be in trouble. I, I believe they ate hay. Like, like when in the millennium, the lion will lay down with the lamb. I think for the time that the animals were on the boat, there wasn't a carnivore on the boat. Because Noah had to gather the food to feed the animals. Amen? Imagine what you can do. You become a superhero when you take time at God's throne. You are instilled with superpower, supernatural power. Amen? Alright, one more thing. And then I'm done. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well... Go to Psalm 100. Psalm 100. And I'll give you this and then I'll be done. Psalm 100, verses 4 and 5. Enter his gates. Enter, talking about his gates. Guess what? His throne has gates. Aren't there gates in heaven? They're made of pearls, aren't they? Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with what? Praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. The Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Guess where his mercy is everlasting? It's at the throne. Right? That's where we obtain mercy. So you approach the throne through thanksgiving and praise. Amen? So let me just recap this so that you get it in your hearts. You approach God's throne by faith. Right? You approach it with through diligence, following His voice and His will. You approach God's throne by His word. You approach God's throne with boldness, confidence. Right? You approach God's throne through prayer. And you approach God's throne through boldness, uh, and through prayer and through worship and through praise and thanksgiving. Who has access to the throne? Every one of us. 
you've been, you know, the Bible says in Ephesians that God made you to be, God qualified you to be a partaker of his divine nature. Did you know that we partake of his divine nature? Amen. So are you ready to go with me today before the throne of grace? Amen. I want you to stand to your feet. And we're going to come before the throne. Amen. I don't know if the group can sing I Worship You, that, that song. Um, I Worship. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we can sing that. No, let's sing the one we sang this morning about I Worship You. I Live to Worship You. I Live to Worship You. All right. Now, we're going to worship God for just a few moments. I'm not going to pray for anybody this morning because everything that we need, want, and desire is at the throne of God. But if you feel the need that you want to come up here and just spread out and just worship God, you feel free. This is a free atmosphere or you can worship right where you are. But I want you just to take a moment. Let's worship God. We're going to enter into His presence. We're going to get before His throne. Amen. I believe God's going to show you things. He's going to talk to you. He's going to open your eyes. He's going to do things for you. And like I said, if you feel the need to come up here, just come on up. And then we're just going to worship God. Come on, we got to live to worship Him.
know, if you go somewhere to the first time, maybe you didn't know how to get there because you've never been there. But the more you go there, the easier it becomes because you learn the way to go. GPS to go to my parents' home in Illinois. I've been there so many times, I know the way. I know how to get there. And if you're uncomfortable in God's presence, it's only because you haven't been there enough times. You've got to become a frequent flyer. See, the more times you fly on a plane, you earn points. It's called a frequent flyer. And you can earn points to a free flight. You fly enough miles and enough times, and, and it accumulates, and you become a frequent flyer. we got to become a frequent flyer in God's presence. We as a church, you got to become comfortable in God's presence. you got to become comfortable worshiping Him. Worship is a freeing atmosphere. It's where you can be yourself and you can express your love to God. Let's do that right now. Let's do something you've never done before. If you've never lifted your hands, lift them now. If you've never sang, sing now. If you've never shouted, But if you have a degree in science, that's great. 
but you don't need one. Amen? You can be yourself in God because He knows you. And, and Lord, we just want to be a worshiping church. A worshiping body of believers, Father, that continually come before your throne. Yes. And Father, we feast on your goodness. Lord, we pray in your grace. Lord, we stand in awe of your glory. Oh, Lord, you're so beautiful. You're so glorious. You're so wonderful. If you haven't learned anything else today, I just want to encourage you that you have an open invitation to come in God's presence. And anytime you need to, you can come. You can go there. Go there with yourself. Go there with a the group. Amen. We, did, we went there today as a group. Amen. And you'll be amazed at how your life is transformed. People say, what happened to you? So I've been at the throne. I've been in the presence. I had an appointment with Dr. Jesus and he fixed me all up. He healed me completely. Every brokenness in me is gone. Amen. Who here has a broken heart? I want you to raise your hand if you have a broken heart. I see that hand. Father, I thank you that you heal every broken heart right now in your presence. Lord, you're, you're, you, you take out that heart of stone that's been cracked. And you put it in the heart of flesh, Father. You replace that heart right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. And I call that heart fixed. I call that heart whole. In the name of Jesus, I call that heart healed. Infused with new strength and new vision and new vitality. know this the enemy will tempt you not to go in God's presence he always gives you an alternative to draw you away from God some of you are being drawn away but you need to make a decision in your heart today that you're going to be fully committed to the Lord no matter what because the blessings that he has for you are far greater than you will ever add to yourself. Don't miss God. If you know that you've been missing God, I'm not calling you up. But you need to repent. And you need to make it right in your heart. Right now. In the name of Jesus. And you know God is forgiving. He's loving. He's accepting. He'll take you as you are, but you won't stay as you are for long. It's just like a fish. Once a fish is caught and brought to the boat, the scales don't remain on that fish for long. Amen? Especially if you want to put it in the pan, that fish is going to get clean quick. Amen? God does the quickening. How many has felt like you've had a failed dream? Like the dreams that God gave you aren't coming to pass. If you feel like your dreams aren't coming to pass, don't lose hope. Let God be the anchor to your soul right now in the name of Jesus. Joseph never 
gave up on his dream. He held that dream in his heart, and God brought it to pass. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't stop believing. Don't stop doing what you know to do. But keep on in the name of Jesus. Keep taking steps forward. Keep standing on his word. Keep praying. Keep believing. God will bring it to pass. He is faithful. He has the power to do what he said. If you're part of BCF because you think you want to be religious, you're in the wrong place. We don't want to be religious, but we want to relate to Jesus. So, you don't, we may not know what's going to happen in a particular service. That's why you got to be ready, open, willing and obedient to do whatever. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. 